Welcome to Dear DO, your resource for honest advice and real authenticity for your journey from life as a pre-med to residency. I'm your host, Michael Garrison. I'm a fourth-year osteopathic medical student, recently matched into neurology residency, so that's very exciting. And today I will be talking about audition rotations, how to prepare for them, what they are, and how they could help you land the residency of your dreams. But first, just want to say that this is all my personal experience, my opinion. I'm not on a board for a residency or any kind of committee. Just want to get that out there. Here we go. So what are audition rotations? Audition rotations are very important in allowing you to almost have a pre-interview interview. This allows the residents and the residency committee to see how you interact with coworkers, patients, This also allows them to see your level of interest in the program as well as your passion for the field. I would say that you don't need to know everything going into these audition rotations, but you certainly have to have a level of understanding and proficiency in the field that will help you out immensely, but is not absolutely necessary. So how do you schedule these audition rotations? Most audition rotations in the United States are scheduled on VSLO or VISLO, which stands for Visiting Students Learning Opportunities. This is a website where you can apply for certain date ranges for different residency programs. There are different requirements for different programs, so keep that in mind. But essentially, it all boils down to transcripts, board scores, letters of interest, as well as vaccination records, things like that, as well as other different paperwork that every program might require. So I think you heard me mention letters of interest. What are letters of interest? Well, they're exactly what they sound like. So they are basically why you are interested in their program. It's a letter from you to the residency committee or the residency coordinator explaining why you are why you are interested in their specific residency program. There are a ton of residency programs across the United States why are you interested in rotating at this particular one? can be due to location, certain fellowship opportunities, serving a particular community, research, anything. It just needs to be specific. Essentially, I would try to make this letter as personable as you can, try to let some of your personality shine through, and why you think you would be a good fit and what you would contribute to the program. Think of it almost as a personalized, mini personal statement for this specific program. Letters of intent should be about half a page and should be addressed to the program director, the program coordinator, or whoever is in charge of the visiting students at that institution. After submitting your application for an audition rotation, I found it beneficial to reach out to the program coordinator or whoever is in charge of the visiting students to let them know that I applied and that I was very interested in the program with an additional reminder of why I was interested. It's also a good idea to let them know that your date ranges are flexible if they are, because their scheduling on their end can be quite hectic, especially during this process. They are submitting and accepting people on a rolling basis, and so they have openings come up intermittently. So trying to be as flexible as you can on your end will benefit you in the long run. If you are rejected from a visiting student opportunity, I wouldn't sweat it too much. So I was personally rejected from one institution about six times due to scheduling and date range conflicts. 
So when you're rejected, reaching out to the program coordinator and saying, hey, I was unfortunately just rejected on Vislo, but I'm really interested in attending this program and my date ranges are flexible, what can I do to make sure that I have an opportunity to rotate at your institution? Keeping in mind that since it is on a rolling schedule for auditions, students are going to be dropping rotations as they might have a better rotation come available, and so the schedule is not set in stone. Another site that offers audition rotations and elective rotations that are away is called Clinician Nexus. Clinician Nexus is a website that allows students to rotate at mostly HCA hospitals across the country. A lot of these might be auditions or sub-internships, but I personally did a lot of regular away elective rotations, not auditions, through Clinician Nexus. Keep in mind that Clinician Nexus uses a different website entirely, so you have to complete separate drug screens, background checks, vaccination records, and all of your documents that you had uploaded for Vislo have to be uploaded separately into Clinician Nexus. As far as scheduling goes, I don't think it matters whether you do the interview before or after your audition. I personally did both of these scenarios, and these are my thoughts. So I had two auditions that happened before my interviews, and then I had one interview that happened before the audition. I personally thought that they both went well. I didn't see any detriment in doing the interview first and the audition later or vice versa. As far as doing the audition first, it's nice because then you can go on your interview and feel like you can talk about your experience at the program and link that back to why you want to be at the program. It allows them to also see a familiar face on the screen and feel like they have a connection with you. I felt like that was very beneficial on a Zoom interview, which can classically be kind of cold and impersonal. Whereas if you did your interview first, followed by your rotation, your interview had to have been all about you. You couldn't bank on the fact that you had a great experience at their program because it hadn't happened yet. You can mention it in your interview and how you're looking forward to auditioning, but that cannot be the whole view of your interview. I did feel like there was an advantage, though, in this scenario, where after interviewing, going into the audition, you see some familiar faces. There are staff or faculty that have interviewed you, and now are you're attending on that service. You'll also be working with residents that you met at the meet and greet the night before. So it's nice at the night before. So it's nice because you already feel a little bit more at ease and that you already know some of the people. As far as preparing for the audition itself, I personally did a neurology rotation that was an elective, not an audition, right before all of my auditions. So I had an elective and then three auditions back to back to back. This allowed me to have my neurology fresh in my mind. It was also a low-stakes environment and allowed me to get my feet wet again in the field. So what did I do in this month-long rotation as an elective? I picked up on key neurological pathologies like stroke, seizure, demyelinating conditions, Guillain-Barre, myasthenic crisis, amongst other things that are kind of the mainstays of neurology. I would go home every day at the end of the rotation, make one to three Anki cards on something that I felt was a key neurological pearl. So for example, if I had a patient that day that had a stroke, I would make an Anki card on stroke protocols, 
when to give TPA, indications for thrombectomy, when you give DAPT versus aspirin monotherapy, when you need to give them an anticoagulant, something like that. So that sounds like a lot, but if I wanted to focus on stroke for like three days, I would just make those three days Anki cards all about stroke. And then the next three days, maybe I would focus on seizure and I would make a lot of Anki cards on seizure drugs, different kinds of seizures, etc. So I did this Anki deck every day, and as I added to it, I kept going through my auditions. So I continued the deck, adding more and more niche things as I went, because in the beginning, I just needed to know, you know, the basics, stroke, seizure, etc. Towards the end, I was adding things that we don't really learn about in medical school, such as neuromyelitis optica spectrum disorder, MOGAD, autoimmune encephalitides, and different neurological conditions. So... That's basically how I prepared for it. I also prepared for it with mindset. So I went into each one of these auditions thinking I need to be the best version of myself, whatever that looks like. So whether that looks like making time to work out, making time to meditate, just being my best self because it's very stressful. Um, It's a lot of pressure that you feel when you're going on these audition rotations You feel like everyone's kind of judging you because they kind of are, unfortunately, and also fortunately. Um, You're also kind of competing with other medical students for the spot. A lot of these auditions have other students on at the same time as you. And so trying to shine, but not trying to be braggy, um, those are really key factors. So logistics-wise, my preparations included an oil change, I got new tires, got a couple new pairs of dress pants, Um, I purchased a folding clipboard, got some fresh pens. Um, I myself had three auditions, like I said, back to back to back in completely different areas of the Southeast that I had to drive to every time that I changed months. So I wanted to make sure that I had everything that I needed as I embarked on these 90 days of essentially a job interview. So the audition rotations themselves might be slightly different depending on where you're doing them and in what specialty. For me, each rotation allowed for a lot of responsibility and quite a lot of autonomy, a lot more autonomy than I previously had on my neurology elective that I did before my auditions. That's the one thing that I probably would have done differently is I would have asked for more autonomy or done a rotation where I knew that I would have a little bit more autonomy than what I had because what I had, I wasn't writing notes on that elective before my auditions. I wasn't helping make the plans. I wasn't really included on those kinds of patient decision-making. And that that's the one thing that I would change on how I did everything. But I don't even know how I would have known because that, uh, that elective that I did, nobody and my friend group or previous students had done it before. And so there was no real way for me to know what I was getting myself into. But fortunately, I did get a letter of recommendation out of the rotation. So that's a good thing. So since every rotation allowed me a lot of autonomy during the auditions, I had my own patients that I staffed with attendings on some of the rotations. Depending on the rotation, I would see the patient by myself or with another resident. Um, Some of the rotations were four weeks on the general service, and some rotations were for the VA. 
Some of the rotations were a mixture where I got to rotate from the general service to the consult service to the stroke service. And for those of you who don't know, um, in neurology, you can be on a general service, which are patients that are admitted specifically for neurological conditions. And so they require you to be their main service. Whereas consult team, when you're on consults, that patient is admitted to a different service like internal medicine. Say they came in with hepatic encephalopathy and they are consulting neurology for a neurological condition or a neurological problem that they need help with. And then obviously stroke service is very self-explanatory. You get stroke alerts and you manage uh, post-stroke patients before they get sent either home to rehab. Okay, so different specialties have different timelines in terms of audition rotations. Some audition rotations are two weeks. Some of them are four weeks. I know several people who did just a one-week audition rotation. I've heard of audition rotations being mostly shadowing instead of this autonomy kind of responsibility that I had. So I think it's safe to say that there's a variety of different audition rotations and their requirements or responsibilities. Timeline-wise, for people who are entering the NRMP match, I know that the Vislo is already open. A lot of the spots are already available for applications, which is great. These applications will continue to open until May, probably. And so getting your application in early, making sure that you are applying for these, these audition rotations early, it's kind of first come, first serve especially if you are emailing and reminding them how interested you are in it. They want to know that you're passionate about their program. Um, so getting, getting your applications in early. And then another thing is when to do your audition rotations. So for me, I did mine in the months of September, October, and November. So that was perfect timing for me in order to get all of those auditions in before peak interview season. So I did my auditions and then I kind of backloaded all of my interviews. So interviews started, interview invitations started rolling in for me in October. And so I scheduled most of my interviews for December and January. So what are some of the questions you should ask while you are on audition rotations? You should be asking, where do the residents live? Do they mostly live in apartments nearby? Is there housing close by? Do they mostly own properties? What is the call situation like? This is such a big question, guys. So do they have a night float or do they have a call system? Personally, I enjoy the night float situation a lot better, and that's what really changed the game for me. I didn't know what these words were going into audition season, and so I didn't know what I liked. And as the auditions went through, I got to see residency programs with a night float and with a 28-hour call. And I was like, you know, me personally, I would rather have a night float situation than a 28-hour call, but that's your choice. So asking them straight up, do you have a night float or a 28-hour call? They'll be honest with you. Ask them how they feel about it. You can also ask them how often do they exceed the 80-hour limit. Hopefully they are honest with you. But be wary of these answers. This is like a very straight up question. So if you don't if you don't feel comfortable asking, you could just be like, oh, what's your schedule like? 
And hopefully you can kind of do the math from there to see how often are they hitting the 80 hour limit. Obviously programs can go over 80 hours, but then they have to supplement that with the time either before or after hitting that 80 hours with a lower hour time, (laughs) if that makes sense. But that gives you a wage of how much free time these people have. You can also ask them if they're happy, just straight up. Like, are you happy? Is this a good environment to be in? You can ask them if residents hang out with each other outside of work. I feel like that is the biggest red flag test that you can ask. And that shows what kind of community they are building within that residency program. Do the residents get along? You can also ask, what was the most recent thing that residents brought to the administration that yielded a change? That allows you to gauge how much the administration values the feedback of the residents and administers change based on that feedback. You can also ask, what is something that you would like to change about this residency program? Um, I think that every resident will have something thoughtful to say, especially because they're living it day in and day out. And that also helps you make better decisions about the residency programs. During your auditions, I would recommend keeping a journal. Maybe don't write in it every day, but even just leaving voice memos in your phone on the way home, documenting how you're feeling while you're there is so important because you can have your audition months before your interview. And if your audition, you got really bad vibes, and then during the interview, you were like, well, that went really well. Maybe I actually like this program. It's really easy to to get rid of your hindsight, right? Like it's very easy to see the the interview right in front of you and say, well, this was a great interview. My feelings about the audition must not have been true. Well, I'm telling you right now from here that your feelings about the audition were probably more valid than the interview. Okay, so went a little bit off topic, but with all of those questions in mind, make sure that you are making connections with the current residents. If they invite you to lunch, go have lunch. They want to make sure that you would be happy at that program and that you're a good fit. The current residents actually have a lot of say in most programs about who among the applicants they like the most and maybe they like the least. With this in mind, be genuine. Obviously, be on your best behavior. Think about what you say before you say it. But don't be fake. Don't put on a facade. These are the people that you will be around for the next three, four, five years. And you want them to like you for you, not for the show that you're putting on. So overall, I think that audition rotations are a great opportunity to see yourself in the shoes of a resident at that particular program. You get to see the intricacies behind the scenes of how the residents interact with the attendings, how the residents interact with each other. And I think this is an invaluable experience, especially with most residency program interviews conducted via Zoom. I would have a lot of anxiety about matching at a program that I had never set foot in. So I'm very grateful that I did an audition rotation at the place that I matched into. And as always, if you guys have any questions about anything that I just said, please feel free to send me a DM, check out my website, and thank you so much for listening. You can follow me on Instagram and TikTok at dear.do.pod. You can send me a DM on what you want to hear about on next week's episode. 
You can check out the official website, deardopod.com, for blog posts, guides, and you can submit your questions about all things medical school anonymously. Support the continuation of this podcast by leaving a five-star rating and review wherever you get your podcasts. Original music by Cologne, recording and production by yours truly, and I hope to see you here next time.